Hello everyone, this is Jason, host of B2B Better, a podcast for the everyday B2B marketer who wants to be better. If you do work in B2B marketing, I think it's safe to probably say that you count LinkedIn as one of your channels of choice. After all, your colleagues are probably on there, your clients are certainly on there. But how do you leverage the platform to hit your goals, whether that's recruitment, lead gen, seeking investment? I sat down with one of the foremost thinkers in this field to discuss that question. Charlie, I hope you enjoy. So on today's episode of B2B Better, I am joined by Charlie Wyman, who is a B2B marketing strategist, LinkedIn trainer, and a curious thinking advocate. How are you doing, Charlie? I'm great, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. We've been talking for a long time um, on Twitter. I think this is the first time that we've managed to actually get on the horn with one another and uh, and put a voice to the, to the Twitter profile. And, and I'm really excited to dig in with you today um, about how LinkedIn can help B2B businesses grow because that is your speciality, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love it. I've used it, I've used it for years and I kind of, it was a bit of an accident really in terms of getting what I call real results from it. Um, but then once I started to get those results and acknowledge them to LinkedIn, I was just like, right, how can I do it better? How can I systemize it a bit more? How can I make it more efficient? And the more I did that, the more it actually helped the overall marketing strategy and the overall marketing plan. So as far as I see it, there are so many benefits from using LinkedIn beyond lead generation or business development. So let's let's run through some of those then, Um, because you obviously work uh on linkedin strategies for individuals and for organizations if if i'm right focusing on the latter on on no, sorry on the former on businesses apart from lead generation you know what are you telling your clients in the sense of you know how linkedin can deliver them value i think the main one is to think of it as a networking tool and most importantly a tool um and not a social media tool I think a lot of people go wrong when they look at it as a social media tool because then they start to use it to just broadcast a message and hope that people are going to stumble across it, love what they read or see, and then get in contact, which, you know, it would be lovely if it worked that way, but it doesn't. Um, And I find that marketers are actually the worst people for using LinkedIn because they, they fall into that broadcast mode and it's all about relationship building. So... When I speak to organizations and businesses, it's strip it back and actually understand why do you want to use LinkedIn? What do you want to become known for within your industry? Who are you targeting and what do you want them to do? And for smaller businesses, it's like have a look not just at your marketing strategy and the goals that you're working towards from a sales and marketing point of view, but actually have a look at a business strategy and think, right, okay, are you uh, looking for investment, for example? Are you going to be recruiting? Are you going to be outsourcing or developing a network of agents and distributors? What goals are the, the business working towards and how can you use LinkedIn to facilitate those, you know, working towards those goals? Because you would use it in a slightly different way um, and I've used it, you know, I've used it to develop a network of distributors and agents around the world. I've used it as a way to communicate with those agents and distributors, hold them accountable and share information with them. I've used it for lead generation. I've used it for uh, recruiting. I've used it for starting conversations with potential investors. I've used it for getting media, uh, so PR and uh, speaking opportunities. There are so many different ways of using it. Um, 
and more often than not, it's just about understanding, right, who do you actually want to start conversations with and why? And when you're talking to your clients, I'm sure they will say to you all of the above. You know, I want, yep. I want all of that, <laughs> right? Like I wanted to, I want to use it for recruiting. I want to use it for lead gen. I want to use it to potentially, you know, start staking out investors in my business. I mean, what are you saying to organizations that are uh, approaching LinkedIn for perhaps the first time as a serious consideration in, to help them achieve their goals? Um, but they have all of these different objectives um, that probably map with the business objectives, but they're just trying mm -hmm. to do all of it at the same time. What would you, what are you saying to those kind of clients? is rein it in and prioritize. So really look at, you know, what is the most important thing to you right now? And in what order do you need to work towards things? Because you're, I think a lot of people see a profile, a personal profile as a, a an online CV or an online resume, and it's all about them. And then they see their company page as the marketing hub and the place where they're just sort of like pushing out the press releases, pushing out the blog articles, pushing out the videos, and it's all very broadcasty. Um, what I would say to any business is, right, okay, what are your priorities and your objectives? And I actually have a framework that I run through uh, with my clients, and the framework is around the otter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the otter starts with objectives. So, you know, what are you actually working towards? And how do you need to focus your time, your budget, and also your energy? Because that's really important. And I think a lot of people that go on LinkedIn and they're like, I don't have time to do business development, but I need leads and sales. It's like, right, okay, so how are you spending your time? And what can you outsource? What can you delegate? What can you say no to, to give yourself the time to focus on business development? Because we all know that if you don't have leads, you don't have a sales pipeline. If you don't have sales, then your business can't run and you end up in that horrible feast or famine mode. Mm, mm. But then the T in the auto, I think in one way is the most important thing because the T stands for tools. So what tools do you need to use in order to achieve your objectives. Now, LinkedIn is a tool, but you also have assets and resources within the business. An asset is you, so the business leader, the leadership team, the people that are customer facing, uh, the, the knowledge and experience that you have. All of these are tools, assets, and resources that you can use within your marketing to help you achieve your goals. So if you come back to me and you say, right, okay, well, I'm wanting to work towards all of the above. It's like, right, okay, how can we then split out the tasks so that one person isn't responsible for doing everything? Mm, that makes sense. Um, and I always use the analogy of Everest. So I've trekked to Everest Base Camp. I've no desire to go and summit Everest, uh, but I love uh, summiting mountains. But when you approach a mountain like Everest, for example, you don't walk to the top in a day you have to map out a route mm. and then sometimes you uh, reach obstacles along the way and you have to track back and then sort of start again from a different point, maybe explore a different route. And it's the same with business and marketing. And it's the same with LinkedIn as well. It's that, you know, you, you need to try new things. You need to experiment with messaging to see how it's received with your target market because different target markets respond in different ways. Um, so the, the biggest thing that I always say to people is that there is no cookie cutter approach to using LinkedIn. And anybody that's telling you that this is the right way is missing the point a little bit. And I've had the pleasure of working across uh, public sector, private sector, and lots of different industries. 
And there's a framework you, you can apply, but you don't want to apply the same thing to each sector because different people respond and behave in different ways. Um, different industries have different motivations, different pain points, different challenges. And the more you can sort of go back to the go back to the basics and really understand right, okay, what are the foundations, and then how can you leverage them to get to where you want to go? That's where you start to get a real big return on your investment in time because networking does take time. Absolutely, I think it's. I think I think that's all really really interesting, and I think what you what you were talking about in terms of LinkedIn being seen as like a broadcast channel and. You know, I, I do think a lot of B2B businesses fall into this trap and I've certainly been in this type of situation where, you know, you got a press release, it goes out on LinkedIn. Um, you hire a new commercial director, a commercial director, you do a little post on, on LinkedIn and, and hope that he gets a few connection requests. And ultimately all that is, is just, as you said, noise, right? It's just putting stuff yeah. out into the other and it's lacking a little bit of what I think that other social media networks have, particularly on things like Twitter, where you can have that more more of a conversational aspect between yourself and whoever it is that you're trying to reach. Is that is that something that your clients recognize and appreciate? The fact that actually LinkedIn is a great tool for us to actually have conversations, two-way conversations, rather than just us giving a monologue. Um, so is that something that your clients are starting to, to recognize and appreciate? And I mean, how are they, in what kind of ways are they capitalizing on that? I'll, I'll, I'll use a specific example um, because yes, the, the clients that get it and the clients that value the relationships that they're generating with their customers are the ones that reap the biggest benefit. Um, and when I work with clients, I always work uh, on a, a sort of 12 week period or I do training where I, I'll go and train an organization and then I will follow up with a session, at least one, although I prefer to have a momentum building package with that because success on LinkedIn isn't just about knowing how to use the tool. It's about implementing habits and mm. uh, being consistent and being able to listen to what what your market is trying to say um so as a i used to sell high-end laser scanning equipment uh, back in when i was global head of sales and marketing and then when i went out on my own one of my first clients was the manufacturer <laughs> of these laser scanning systems because i knew them very very well and um i had a lot of contacts within the industry and they had um they had a couple of thousand followers on their LinkedIn company page already. Their sales team weren't really using LinkedIn. They had uh, profiles set up. It was all linked to the company page, but they weren't really doing very much with it. And um, at first I started, uh, I, I looked at a content strategy for their LinkedIn company page and then started posting content to the company page to engage with their community because the nature of the company, they sold very high-end laser scanning systems and they had a, quite a big fan base. So all of their customers loved the brand. They loved the products. They um, used them in all sorts of different ways. It was a marketer's dream because you have all of these amazing stories that were coming back, different use cases, different examples. And also it was all quite visual too. So it gave us the ability to post content, pose questions, share the stories that other people were doing and really nurture and grow that community so that the customers sold the products and that we really amplified that word of mouth marketing. Um, 
And then we took it one step further. So once they started to see the results of that, we then did, uh, I did some training with their sales team so that they could start using their personal profiles and their own content to start developing relationships with the people that they met at trade shows and events and conferences. Mm. They were able to post content based on what their customers were asking them, what the prospects were talking about within the industry. And we were able to then share that content on the company page. So it made the company come across as more human, more real, more approachable. And then that helped them sort of stand over and above the competition because they weren't doing that. I think, I mean, that's, that's, just, that's great. And it reminds me of a recent um, experiment that, that I ran within, within my team where, you know, we, we were publishing blog posts um, about trends in the industry um, and, uh, just posting them on our on our blog and then by extension through the company page of LinkedIn. And a lot of these posts are, you know, are being written, um, or at least, you know, a large part of them, a large part of the content is being contributed by people within our organization, our thought leaders. Um, and I realized we're missing a trick here because we shouldn't just be posting it as the company, right? We shouldn't just be putting it on our blog and then posting it on our on our, uh, our company profile when a large part of the content of that has come from a particular thought leader within the organization, whether that's a sales leader or an engineer or, or whatever. So we've, we started posting the con the blog posts um, as LinkedIn articles first via the personal profiles of the person who, you know, in effect wrote it and the mm. engagement just went through the roof and it, you know, it made me realize people buy from people. Right. And of course, you know, you build a brand around a company and people want to engage with that company online, but particularly if when you're starting out and you're trying to build that brand, leverage the network of your employees and their profiles and their connections, um, in order to, in order to amplify your message and shine the light back on your organization. It sounds kind of similar to some of the things that, that, that you just explained with the, uh, with the, the laser print manufacturer. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it, it's, I, I kind of follow sort of three key mantras, which is prioritize. So you know where you're focusing your time, your money and your energy, uh, leverage, like understand, you know, it's not about doing more. It's not about following the next new shiny object. It's about leveraging the assets and the tools that you already have and doing less, but better. And then systemizing everything that you're doing so that you can generate that rinse and repeat process that works for you and for your business. And if we kind of go back to the Otter framework is that like every time you're doing something, you know, before you go out and do it, look at your objectives. What do you want to achieve as a result of doing that thing? And then what tools, assets and resources do you already have? So your team, they are an asset leverage your team, showcase the brilliance of the people that are working for you, raise their profiles, help them shine. And a few objections that I've got from that train of thought over the years is, or well, what if they leave? Um, so I just want to talk about that for a moment if I can, um, because it, it comes up and I think companies today need to acknowledge that staff are going to move on, staff are going to leave. But if you have top talent and you want to retain that talent, then treat them well, raise their profile, help them feel special, acknowledge them for the things that they're brilliant at, because they are the people that's going to contribute to your growing reputation. They are the people that's going to help you create more human marketing. They are the people that's really going to help you lift up your brand. But then if they do leave, 
make sure that they leave on good terms because they're still going to help you build up that reputation. They're still going to help you with that word of mouth marketing. And also you'll have a rinse and repeat strategy that you can implement with the people that then replace them. You know, and I just think that, you know, we can make the world a better place. And instead of try to keep our staff for ourselves and keep them hidden in a box, let them loose, share the things that they're brilliant, you know, for and um, share their contributions, because that's what's going to differentiate you from a another faceless company to a human centered brand full of amazing individuals that can really make a difference in the lives of their clients. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, what would be your advice for people who are listening to this podcast and they're thinking, yep, light bulb moment. I need to start engaging with my employees and leveraging their networks and their profiles to grow the business. Um, but they meet resistance from those people um, who perhaps don't use LinkedIn, you know, they have a profile, but they don't use it. Um, they've already got too much on their plate. You're asking me to do something else. What What would be your advice to how to actually kick this off um, and, and deal with any resistance that you may face along the way? So you're always going to get resistance. And uh, this is why I love training organizations. Um, and I, I enjoyed it much more pre-COVID, but now I've, I've got a nice system together around doing it online. But you're always going to have people that resist doing it, um, partly because they think of it as social media and not everybody loves social media. Um, so differentiating it as a social networking tool is, is the first step. But also don't just sit them in a room and train them how to use the tool and expect them to just go off and do it. It's all about understanding what motivates them, how they behave and making it so that they will gain from that activity. So if you can raise their profile, you make them look good in their industry. It helps them with their career. It helps them with their personal development, their growth. But also if you make them feel like they are genuinely making a contribution to the company and to the marketing, then it makes it much more personal and you've got that emotional connection. Like I come, from, I mean, I love working with smaller companies rather than large kind of corporates. I mean, working with large corporates is great and it has its own benefits, but there's a difference between working for a small company because in a small company, everybody is responsible for sales, no matter who you are or what you do. If the company doesn't make sales, then jobs are at risk, livelihoods are mm. at risk. So the more you can engage the team with the overall goals of the company and get them empowered and motivated to talk in a favorable way about the company and represent them in the best possible light, you're going to get more from them from a productivity point of view, but also in terms of contribution to the marketing. Um, because marketing, I think if you look at marketing on its own, you're going to be very short-sighted and you're going to miss out on all of the wonderful opportunities to really differentiate yourself. Whereas if you can bring in the insights, not just from the marketing team at events and trade shows, but bring in the insights from the sales team, bring in the insights from the customer service team, and really actively listen to what your market is telling you and incorporate that into your marketing. That's how you differentiate yourself. And LinkedIn, you know, you've got a network of people that are actively talking about what's going on. So you can listen, you can ask questions, you can run polls. You know, there's so much information and data that you have at your fingertips. It's just about knowing where to look and how to leverage it. Um, 
And if I kind of go back to the laser scanning company, when I did some training with their sales team, it was a very, the, that first session was a painful experience because nobody wanted to focus any effort on, on using LinkedIn. Um, they had to prospect as part of their job, but they never had enough time for prospecting. And to be honest, they weren't even measured on the prospecting activity. Um, <laughs> so they just didn't do it. So they were like, well, why, why do we need to do this here on LinkedIn? And the two people that were the most cynical and the most resistant and now the two people that are getting the best results, you know, they're selling like million pound equipment. It's all driven off relationships. And LinkedIn is a way that you can develop a relationship in a slightly different way. Um, and I think that's that was one of my biggest light bulb moments when I first got into a sales role because I, I grew up around used car salesmen and that was sales to me. And I didn't want to be a salesperson. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. <laughs> And then somebody said to me, sales, you know, sales is just what you're doing already. It's just about building relationships, listening and matching a product or a solution with a need. And mm. I didn't want to be that, you know, that spammy salesperson that's on the phone all the time going, oh, did you receive my email last week or last month? You know, and you're constantly emailing them and ringing them and you're being ignored. Bugging, and, bugging them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, they're not ignoring you. They're just busy. And what you're selling isn't a priority for them at that point. Whereas with LinkedIn, you've got two ways of communicating with your prospects. You know, you can communicate with them indirectly through just being visible and posting content, but you can also communicate with them directly via a different method through direct messenger. Um, and, you know, especially well, in technical industries, <laughs> uh, people are a lot more responsive to LinkedIn messages than they were on email. So it was a very good thing for me back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I think, you know, we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording, but you, what you just said kind of jogged my memory in that you had these two guys who were so averse and against the idea and now, you know, are the two biggest advocates of of LinkedIn. And if I could riff on that a little bit, you know, from my experience where working in organizations where, you know, marketing perhaps isn't a huge, uh, isn't considered to be a huge revenue driver for the organization. It's it's respected and, you know, everyone knows that we need a, a department, but perhaps, you know, they're the ones that write the PRs or they're the ones that put on the events and that's pretty much the extent of what they can do. What I've done is I've tried to find those internal champions um, who do believe in the power of marketing and how it can be used to drive revenue, right? Not just build awareness, but actually hit the bottom line and work with them exclusively um, in building out a pilot campaign around whatever it is you want to do. And you could see how this could apply to LinkedIn, right? And these two gentlemen, perhaps, um, where they are so against the idea, but you find an internal champion, you demonstrate the success of what can happen if it's done right. And then, you know, the people who perhaps are on the fence about, you know, we should jump into LinkedIn, we can actually use this as a, a, a main part of our kind of uh, prospecting activities. We can see the success there and they, 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 they jump on board. So I guess what I'm saying here is, start small, prove a concept, and then and then grow it. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're saying as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> um, I've, I've got a, a client at the moment who um, they're, they're not a marketer. They're wonderful at what they do, but they think that marketing and advertising are the, th the, the same things. So they're kind of desperate to put some money 
behind marketing and just throw throw a message out there whereas the thing that i always say to every client no matter how big or small is okay let's take a step back how many clients do you actually need at any one point mm. and then how many clients do you want and then think about right how many sales conversations how many demonstrations how many meetings do you need to have in order to convert that many clients and then take it one step further. Okay, so how many leads do you need to generate in order to get those sales conversations in order to then get those clients? And mm. is marketing really the answer that you're looking for? Or can you do it in a slightly different way? So I've lost quite a lot of business over the years to people that just want a quick fix to LinkedIn. And they'll go and work with a lead generation expert that will take over their LinkedIn profile, send the same messages, uh, add 1500 connections per month to their account and, and do all of these things or run, run it on an automated basis. Now, first of all, that's against LinkedIn's terms of use. So you run the risk of losing your account entirely. And a lot of these companies aren't upfront about the risks. They'll be hidden in the terms and conditions, but they're not upfront about it. And, you know, I've, I've spoken to many people that have lost their entire LinkedIn account. Um, wow. And, you know, if, I'd be mortified if I lost my account because it's my, I've built up these relationships over, over the years, you know, and it's, it's a mm. real big, you know, it's, it's a valuable asset to me. And everybody should see their LinkedIn network as a valuable asset. But also it's that reputation management too. It's like, how do you want your market to see you? Because no doesn't always mean no never it of just course, means no yeah. not right now and particularly in you, b2b right in these long so on these much long in b2b sales cycles yeah yeah absolutely uh and i think it's the, it's the same it's the same with advertising you know you can throw throw money at advertising and generate loads of leads um or you can direct people to a website or a landing page or whatever you're choosing to do but unless that website or landing page is optimized to convert those those visitors into actual leads then you're wasting your money if you don't have a backend system to like capture those leads and nurture the ones that don't turn into sales conversations, you're going to be wasting your money. Um, so LinkedIn is a great testing ground. You know, you can send people direct messages and you can test different approaches. Um, one of my favorite examples, the company that I worked for last before I went out on my own, um, we used to serve the global shipping industry. And um, I'd only been in the role about three months and I was trying to convince the office in Singapore that LinkedIn was a great asset and would help them get more from events because events was a big uh, marketing spend. And um, they're like, no, don't leave you. It's not, it's not going to work. So I was like, right, okay, I'm going to prove you wrong. So I, <laughs> I assumed the role of a salesperson and I started connecting with some people in Singapore uh, around an event that we were going to. And I just said, right, I'm going to be at this event. Shall we meet up? You know, like uh, obviously talked about their challenges and their motivations and use different messaging. And I remember that a senior director of Maersk Shipping, was like a massive account, um, came up to the booth and was looking, he was looking for a man named Charlie, which was uh, not, the <laughs> not, the, not the best thing, especially because I con connected with him on LinkedIn. And I, I yeah. hope I don't look like a man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, you don't. <laughs> Um, anyway, so he spoke to Dennis and he's just like, oh, I'm, I'm looking for Charlie. Where can I find him? And Dennis is just like, oh, she's over there. Um, you know, what do you want to talk to her about? Because she's like new and she's in marketing. Like, wh why? And he's like, oh, well, she sent me a message on LinkedIn and I'm here to talk to her about it. And he was like gobsmacked. And he was just like, like, 
what? Like, I've been trying to get in touch with this organization for like years. <laughs> and you've been here for a couple of months and managed to secure this meeting. So, you know, it, that was a, it was a bit of a smug moment for me because obviously I, I knew that it does work, but I had to demonstrate the fact that it does. And then it was like, I think some, sometimes, you know, when you're talking about internal champions, it's about finding somebody that can demonstrate the value to convince other people that it does actually work. But also like, I think it's just, you've got to have the faith that works. And I think with a relationship building relationship, relationship building relationship, um, <laughs> if you have a relationship building sales approach and you value matching the right solution with your customer, it's easier to have that faith and it's easier to approach it in a much more authentic and genuine, genuine way. You say it's a smug moment for you. I'm, I'm sure it was a light bulb moment for for your director, right? Yeah. I mean, um, I bet you got back to the office and they're like, "What can? How much money do I need to give you for LinkedIn to <laughs> to get me more of those big meetings that I've been trying to get for the last ten years?" Well, yeah. I mean, the thing with that is that I mean, I remember having that conversation with them, and I was like, "It's not about throwing money at it. It's about throwing time and having a strategic mm. approach to how you're using that time." Um, you know, advertising works. Yes, it does. There is there is a place for it. But if you're looking at it from a business development point of view and you're developing relationships, so you're not just generating leads, you're winning new clients and you're not just winning new clients, mm. you're attracting the people and the organizations that you really want to work with. You know, you're chasing the big fish, not the small fish, mm. you know, and, and it, it, comes, exactly. it comes down to priorities. It's always about priorities. I was going to say, I suppose a big part of it is also discipline, right? Because it's all well and good to have that win, you know, when you use LinkedIn to to bring in a new client and that gets people excited. But when times get tough and, you know, maybe time, uh, the, the, the amount of given time in a month from the commercial, from a commercial lead is being stretched across a load of different things. Mm. You can't then use that as an excuse to then pull back and say, oh, we'll pick up LinkedIn again in six months time, 12 months time, but then still expect those results to be coming in. You've got to, and I guess this comes from a leadership position, you need to instill that discipline into your commercial team, your marketing team that actually, you know what, LinkedIn is important to us now as email. LinkedIn is important to us now as an exhibition booth at our main event each year. You know, we need to use it. We need to be disciplined in our use. Uh, uh, we need to have discipline when we use it. Yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned email because I think sometimes uh, talking about LinkedIn with the email reference uh, is, is quite a good one. So from a marketing point of view, if you've got, let's say, a thousand people on your mailing list and you send out an email broadcast, you know, 25 to 40% of people on that email list are going to open that email not all of those people are going to read the email. They'll open it, but they're not all going to, to read it. And then you might have like, say, five or 6% of people that are going to click on an email and do something with it. It's the same on LinkedIn. If you post a piece of content, whether it's to your personal profile or it's to your company page, um, your entire following or your entire network is not going to see that piece of content, you know, a percentage of them will see it, but then a smaller percentage of them will actually take the time to read it, digest it, take it in um, or even do something with it. So in the same way that when you're looking at your email marketing strategy, you want to be consistent and regular and engaging so that people keep coming back to it. They keep wanting more and they keep 
like uh, engaging with your email list. They don't hit unsubscribe. It's the same on LinkedIn. You want to be consistent. You want to be engaging and you want to be relevant. You don't just want to contribute to the virtual noise that's online. You just want to be adding something new and standing out for the things that differentiate you. Um, and, and again, it's it's just about having the right approach and setting those habits. So you, you're not distracted by being busy or doing these other things. Charlie, I'm conscious of time. I've realized that I've still got like six or seven questions I still wanted to ask you. So clearly I'm going to have to do a part two of this episode. We're going to bring you back on and keep digging into how LinkedIn can be used to drive value for businesses. But before we'll let you go for this episode one of, uh, of, 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 of this duo. But before I, before I let you go, in terms of 2021, what do you anticipate to be uh, one of the biggest trends of next year for B2B marketers? Where do you think people are going to be putting their, their time, their energy, their focus? What do you think is going to be different next year against what has been obviously a very different 2020? It's a great question. Uh, I think for me, it's like take a leaf out of the B2B, the B2C book. And I think next year is going to all be around story-driven marketing. Uh, you know, LinkedIn have got stories. Uh, lot, a lot more people are doing LinkedIn Live. Like I know I'm using LinkedIn Live a lot more. Um, and I think I think 2021 is going to be a year of a real focus on human-centered marketing and of brands even bigger brands being more empathetic towards their target market and just being more real. I think a lot of B2B businesses would benefit from that advice, just being a little bit more real, a little bit less jargon, I think, right? Yeah. And I think that's what like stories is a bit clunky on LinkedIn at the moment. You know, I think if you use Instagram, Instagram stories are so easy to use. They're, you know, I hated them when they first came about, but they're so engaging. They're they're unusual and it gives you the opportunity to share moments and dive behind the scenes of a business. And I think the businesses that are using Instagram in that way are doing really well. And I think that LinkedIn stories, the more people that start to use it and you can use it personally and on your business page as well. So again, it's another opportunity to showcase those behind the scenes moments uh, from a business page. Uh, it's another way of using it and another way of engaging with your community. So I'm excited. <laughs> Me too. So, look, tell us a little bit where we can where, where we can where we can find you on social media. Um, I know that obviously you've got the Curiosity Key podcast, which I love listening to. Tell us a little bit about that as well, and then uh, and then we'll let you go. Uh, so, the best place to connect with me is LinkedIn. Um, my I'm I'm doing a bit of a rebrand at the moment, but CharlieWyman.com is my current website. I'm rebranding to Curious B two B Marketing Limited, so new website will be up and live soon uh the curiosity key podcast that's available on all sort of main podcasting platforms and um yeah it's, it's basically all about do it yourself b2b marketing uh sharing stories tips tricks inspiration and it's been completely interview based up until now and in 2021 it will be a bit of a mix but if you have a curiosity about anything to do with B2B sales and marketing, let me know and I will schedule it in. Fantastic. Charlie, thank you so much for coming on to B2B Better. Very welcome. <laughs> and that's it for this episode of B2B Better. A huge thank you to Charlie for joining me today. Be sure to check her out on Twitter, follow her on LinkedIn. Uh, she is just chocked full of amazing marketing advice particularly on how you can use linkedin to hit your objectives if you enjoyed this episode of b2b better i highly encourage you to check out my newsletter the b2b bite i will drop a link to that in the description of this episode and be sure to follow me on twitter as well at jason r bradwell see you next time